0: This is Who Kicked the Corner Flag, an English soccer game
1: show podcast. It's an open goal and the opportunity is taken by Raheem Sterling.
2: In
3: behind for Salah and Salah for Mane. It comes in an instant for Liverpool. The sliding, it's in. Lucas Moura with the hat to go. Spurs are going to the Champions League final. And here's your host,
2: James Rose! Greetings and welcome to episode 2 of our third season. Hope everyone had a great weekend. Once again, we're back to quiz our pundits and listeners on the weekend's EPL happenings. And to do that, I need the help of my usual lads of banter. The first man is the leader of the Kansas City Spurs fan group. The man who cried like a baby at the end of Toy Story 3. And who loves to fashion a fanny pack. All true. Please welcome Mr. Jerry Hi, How are you, bud?
1: <laughs> All of those things are true. Uh... <laughs> I, you know what? After this last weekend, I am I am just fine, Good. as I'm sure you are, Mr. Rose. Good. You know, I might
2: be. I might be uh, doing all right. Hashtag VAR. Uh, and from the other side of Kansas City, I have the leader of the Kansas City Gooners, the man who could climb Mount Everest in his flip-flops and is ready to step in as Liverpool's next goalkeeper. It's Mr. Voice Richardson. How are you, bud? top of the league feeling pretty good oh just wait until next weekend because that might <laughs> <change>. <laughs> it might change yeah. it might change uh, i'm pretty sure it will uh, and we're pleased to welcome back a returning guest he's the mastermind behind the citizens abroad podcast the man who still has his morning alarm set to the sound of wonderwall and thinks gundawan is quite frankly overrated perhaps still true coming to us from a distance of about 1069 miles please welcome back mr tim Crean. How are you, bud
3: I'm doing okay, but uh, you know, I was worried that as a Tottenham fan you were going to invite me on the podcast and at the last minute take it away from me and uh, and cancel. <laughs> so I'm glad that we got to do this.
2: I was going to run a VAR check and just make exactly. sure that there was no, uh, no foul play there. Right, let's go ahead and kick off with our first round of Question of the Match, the contest where each person gets a statistical question from the most significant weekend fixtures. Three points on offer for a correct answer, and here are this week's Categories. VAR strikes the citizens again. <laughs> Chelsea get foxed. The Wolves snatch a point. So Tim as our guest, you get to go first and go ahead and pick a category for us. <laughs>
3: Uh, let's 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 take the City VAR category let's, as long as we're going to pull it. the band-aid right off. Let's <laughs> rip it say,
2: off. Let's open that box. Man City get VAR'd against Spurs again as the last-minute Gabriel Jesus winner is chalked off for a handball. Final score was 2-2. Two two. Uh, Tim, your quiz question from this one. How many total shots did Manchester City register in this game? Was it 24, 26,
3: or 30? I believe it ended up being 30. Those it did. Said,
2: that is absolutely correct. Yes. <laughs> 30 yeah. shots. 3-0 to Spurs' is three, of which two went actually in.
3: Um, <laughs> I want uh,
2: v- to <clears throat> take VAR out of the equation just for a split second and go ahead and rate, uh, Tim, if you would, City's performance overall against
3: Spurs in this game uh look they had 30 shots they were you know <laughs> that sums they, it up <laughs> it, yeah you know they, it was a dominant performance for the most part by city against a very good team um but you know city fell back into the trap that they occasionally fall into where they make big mistakes at important times and you know i talk about a lot of my podcast about you know how how football is a weak link sport versus a a, a strong link sport or basketball whereas in basketball, one strong player makes much more of a difference than in a weakling sport like football, where if you take off one weaker player and replace them with a better player, that's going to make a bigger difference. Mm. And you know, guys on City have just been making mistakes, uh, and then Kyle Walker has been most among them. I mean, the first goal, the Lamella goal, yes, Ederson was out of position. That's something you're going to have to live with with Ederson a little bit. Uh, because he plays like a sweeper basically and and you're your third center back. And so I'm not so upset with the positioning there. It was more no one stopped the ball there. And and Rodri and a couple other guys had the opportunity to go up and stop the ball and they didn't they just let Lamella walk in and shoot. Mm. But the the set pieces are the thing that just keeps continuing to kill City uh over and over again. And it's it's you know, Walker just wasn't paying attention. Mm. He was staring directly at the the corner taker. And he let his man get right behind him and put it in. So all in all, you can't be upset. I mean, I think Pep, after the game, called it City's best performance ever. And someone said, is that really true? He's like, well, maybe not ever, but it was you know, it was it pretty was, good.
2: It was one of those. And now let me go ahead and throw back in VAR. Now, I can't remember your stance on VAR, but after the results that was, uh, would you say it needs some fine tuning perhaps?
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, I've been pretty wishy-washy on it, to be honest. Uh, you know, I, I thought that, if utilized correctly, it would be, it would be okay and and stuff. And, and look, I'm not, you know, taking the results out of it. It's more about what it's doing to kind of the, the flow and the just the natural kind of momentum of the game right. is that, you know, from the first week when it, when it took off uh, a penalty save and and really kind of reversed the game there and in, in city's favor to this week, where you know you, as a fan you can't even celebrate anymore and and that's part of the problem with the n f l and and with uh, basketball too with all these replays in the at the last few minutes and stuff is you don't even know when a touchdown's a touchdown or when a goal is a goal, right. you have to wait and and have the have the replay confirm it and it's it's getting ridiculous and to have to have it happen in these two weeks in this way to city has been. Has been upsetting. And look, you know, I understand that no one wants to hear a City fan complain too much about things going (laughs) against us uh, as as things have gone relatively well the last uh, decade or so. But at the end of the day, you know, VAR, I think they're going to need to tweak it. They're going to need to put in some more kind of uh, clearly defined rules about how to make a decision because, I mean, for my money, that ball glancing off Laporte's hand, hand, whether it was him or the defender, I I don't think that was a clear and obvious enough. Uh, thing to take away the, the goal from them, So there's that. And then why didn't they replay uh, Lamella tackling uh, Rodri, I think it was. I
2: thought you might bring uh, that up.
3: Early on, you know? Well, that's, I mean, that's the point. They're going to have to figure <laughs> something out about that because, you know, whether it's a coach's challenge or, or something, you know, the, the NFL is kind of fine-tuned over the years. you, you got to figure that out because to have two opposite ends of the spectrum like that happen, the, the VAR doesn't show up in a big moment like that on the one hand and it does on the back end is, is really, really frustrating. Mm -hmm.
2: Now, Jared, we know exactly how you feel about VAR, but uh, again, taking it out of the equation here, just temporarily uh, Spurs' performance against City here. Were you somewhat pleased, disappointed? How would you evaluate it?
1: I mean, if I'm looking results oriented, I'm elated, right? Um, It was a, uh, a bit of a defensive posture from Poch kind of coming into the Etihad, which, I mean, it's hard to argue against that. Uh, I would, I would wonder why we'd leave. I mean, for, for God's sake, Raheem Sterling scoring on a hitter on the backside is inexcusable. Yep. I don't care who you are. Uh, uh, and, you know, Kyle walker the is you watching know, the paint on the line draw on that. Um, and he, it's hard to argue with the uh, substitution. Uh, I think it took 19 seconds for Lucas to score when he hmm. came on. I think uh, that sounds about but, right.
0: Yep. <laughs> uh, it was reminiscent what, of that time that Nicholas Bentner came on against Spurs. It's
1: not all about <laughs> you, man. uh yes so i intelligent substitutions i really enjoyed uh you know starting coco uh obviously that made a big difference uh uh you know regardless of the you know positionality of ederson on that goal uh you know that was a a great individual effort i found it funny that you know a lot of uh you know spurs twitter praising ten guy in dombele for a lovely assist i said he gave him the ball in midfield and then Lamella took an opportunistic shot. I mean, <laughs> I love the guy. Don't get me wrong on Nindambella. It's a great signing, but yes, it is an assist, but it, it wasn't a Kevin De Bruyne, whipping across the box, just nuts balls in and out. I mean, Hugo Lloris is easily the best Spurs player on the pitch. I mean, uh, uh, able to keep that out. And, uh, uh we're going to get to, you know, the ultimate question, but, um, yeah, and you survive games like this. This is the, I, 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 Away at the Etihad, that's a win. I'm sorry uh, to scrape a point. I mean, we we were texting on the group chat. You know, I, I you know I think Boyce said it best. I mean that that is something that I think few teams are going to come away with, and it was by the skin of our teeth, not without a little bit of luck.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So let's talk about what really we're here to talk about. <laughs> uh, l- yeah, go ahead. If we're going to talk about VAR, I just have a quick point to make before you throw it to Boyce. Sure, um, sure, go ahead. <laughs> so to Tim's point, the problem is now. We have rules that are being instituted the same year as we have VAR review for the purpose of VAR. This is the very first time that we have a new, uh, uh, we have a new handball law yes. where it is, was effectively written by a center back that said it doesn't matter. Intent doesn't matter. If you gain an advantage, any goal that is produced by and through a handball, deliberate or otherwise, it is called back. That's insane to me. Fernando Llorente's <laughs> goal in the Champions League is a goal. However, if we apply this uh, uh, analysis to that goal last year, it's not. And that's crazy to me. Like, I, I disagree with Tim a little bit. It 100% came off Laporte's hand, but them's the breaks. I mean, it fell right to Gabo Jesus, and he made a great touch, made his own space, and it was a great finish. I mean, this is what this is what we're talking about. This is going to be the problem. Mm. I mean... This rule is not enforceable without VAR, and that is what bothers me. They did this on purpose, and now we are going to go frame by frame in HD to figure out if something came off the hand. What's odd to me is that this was still the standard that was used despite the fact that Hugo Ruiz stopped this penalty that Aguero took last season uh, in the uh, uh, Champions League quarterfinal, where Danny Rose goes to ground, ball goes off his leg, up and into his arm. Well, what are you supposed to do to that? Mm -hmm. And that this, this is the problem that I have is we are, I agree with Tim. We are moving towards the NFL NBA because now we're starting to institute rules that are only enforceable with VAR. And that is why the definition of a catch that nobody understands has to be articulated in frame by frame moments uh, that Des Bryant still is angry about. But, Mm. This is the problem with VAR, and I tell you, it's going to come back and bite Spurs, and I long – to rant against VAR when we've been screwed, because it's coming.
2: Jared just couldn't chant VAR in the Spurs bar, even after the fact that the result had came in. He couldn't do it. He oh, couldn't. I couldn't. <laughs> he couldn't. couldn't do it. <laughs> Alright, boys, let's get uh, your thoughts on this uh, whole charade of VAR and uh, the game between City and Spurs. Oh, wait, I'm on this podcast? Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's <laughs> me, yes, because
0: hi, boys, hi. talk more <laughs> about Nicholas yeah, Banner? I, you could
1: do that, dude.
0: I would, I would love to do that. I mean, I, I think Jared's point's actually well taken, which is the fact that You've entered into a rule book right now where 90 to 95% of the world isn't operating with VAR in place and FIFA is still trying to legislate an original rule book that's equally applicable to both and it simply doesn't work. This handball rule is ridiculous and I, and I think, you know, VAR really only serves the the primary purpose of identifying the host of flaws that presently exist in FIFA's rule book, this handball rule being one of them. I completely agree that what LaPorte did didn't really give an advantage to anybody on the offensive side. And it certainly wasn't intentional. And the fact that that rule only applies to offensive players in the box, but doesn't apply to defensive players in the box. And we're still talking about whether or not their handball is intentional, but the offensive player, you know, we're not having that analysis anymore. I think it's just ridiculous. And you look at this, I think the hard part is you're looking at three shots to 30 and, a Lucas Moura equalizing header, and you're wondering how on earth City lost this match. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say that Tottenham's not a good side. They're a good side, but they were thoroughly outclassed in this match, and somehow City allowed them to equalize and walk out with a draw on an Eric Lamilla shot that most goalkeepers in the world stop simply because they're not that far out of the box and they're not off their line. I mean, that shot ended up dead center in the middle of the net. And then... <laughs> You know, Kyle Walker somehow gets beaten to a corner by Lucas Mora, who I'm assuming was one of the shortest players on the pitch. as far as far as concerned, you get what you get, right? I mean, I'm not it's inarguable that the call was called correctly pursuant to the rule book. It's just a question of whether or not we're comfortable with what the rule book presently says. and I you know, I would argue that most of us aren't. I think the offside rule needs reworked when a player's you know hanging arm is somehow across a line and that's an advantage and we're talking about it, you know, I mean we're losing the point of what the rule was originally legislating for. And to Jared's point, I mean, Arsenal had a goal ruled out this weekend, but it was originally ruled out as offside by the side official, so it's not something where it actually cost the team a goal, but it's inevitable that it's going to happen. I mean, yeah. at this point, Spurs have used up almost all of their nine lives as far as VAR is concerned, and they're destined for this ridiculous post 70 minute form that they have to be outclassed by Mike Dean in the VAR booth or something along <laughs> those lines. It, it, it's frustrating, but it's not going to get any better until you fix what the root cause is. You know what I mean? Like, I, we're going to have a rough season in 1920 purely because we're not going to change any of the rules. And for the time that we're not changing any of the rules, we're living in a VAR society with an old school rule book. And you just can't legislate for that right now until hopefully heads get together over the summer. An attempt to fix it.
2: Uh, let's go ahead and move on, guys. We have two topics still to guess, uh, or still to talk about. And, Boyce, you're going to take the lead on this one. So we have Chelsea get foxed, and the Wolves snatch a point. Which one would you like?
0: I'm going to take the infinitely more hilarious Wolverhampton equalizer today <laughs> with... Unless Paul Pogba wants to take this category from, from me. Paul?
2: Paul? <laughs> no? He's not here. Uh, He's, uh... Apparently he... He's going to give that one to Rashford. Love it. <laughs> Man United return to familiar form as Pogba misses a penalty and the points end up shared. The final score is one to one. All right, boys. Your question with this one: Wolves are now unbeaten in how many games against Manchester United? Two, three, or four?
0: I think it's three.
2: Ooh, unlucky, bud. No, it is four. Would you believe it? Today was the fourth. Yeah, (laughs) these
1: are two that I knew. I'm screwed on this.
2: (laughs) Um, So, boys, so we're seeing the true United now, uh, based obviously from last week's Chelsea result. Or were Wolves just that strong against them?
0: I think you're seeing the true United, and I think what you're really seeing out of this, in sort of the byproduct of all of this, is the fact that Chelsea are terrible. We're probably going to talk about it a little bit later in the next category, but Chelsea just aren't very good. And I think that the byproduct, you know, the reality of the 4 0 victory that United had last week was the fact that Chelsea are just bad. Uh, you know, it, the idea that William took over Hazard's number ten is preposterous. But when it comes to United, I think when you look at the penalty kick today where last week Pogba wanted to take it, Rashford took it from him, stroked it into the back of the net, clear as day, incredible penalty, and today Pogba gets the penalty where, you know, the analysis for the match today was that it was a clear penalty, Stone Cold would have given it every time. In my eyes, it looked like a dive. There's very little contact on Pogba's leg, and he jumps up and over it and goes to ground. But regardless of that, the fact that he won and then he took the ball from Rashford, It was a fine penalty kick. It was on frame, but you've just got to give it to Rui Patricio, I think. But I think the bigger thing that comes out of this is that just like the United midfield has a black hole there in terms of no real quality and they're like the land of misfit toys that don't actually fit together, there's no leadership on that team. You know, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is just sitting on the sidelines while Paul Paul is like legislating with Marcus Rashford about who's going to take this actual penalty kick. And then... You know, he misses it or he gets blocked. And it it's just it's kind of Manchester United in a vacuum, right, where it's just lawless. Yeah. They gave up Lukaku because they wanted to get rid of him. They're about to give up Alexis because they want to get rid of him. They're Scott. They're starting Scott McTominay and a whole host of youngsters forward and in the midfield because they don't have any real quality. And they went out and spent a lot in the defense and unquestionably with Juan Bisaka. You know They're better on the right than they were before, but that's not exactly what they needed. They needed midfield cohesiveness. You could have used the same back line from last year's Manchester United squad and added any semblance of sanity in the middle of the park and been just fine. But instead, Ed Woodward just decided that he was going to do whatever in the world he wanted to and overspend on the most ridiculous $80 million center back purchase perhaps in the (laughs) world, which... (laughs) You know, you're looking at Harry Maguire. The fact that that kid is now the most expensive center back purchase in the history of world football is insane to me. And they're fine. You know, you can't that Ruben Neves goal today. You can't stop that. Right. Like that was an incredible shot. Absolutely. Just insane. What you know, he the close touch, the ability to be able to just touch the ball off to the side and then stroke that ball into the upper right hand corner, the upper right. You know, the 90 just Insane. You know, you can't really blame that on the United defense, but the reality is Chelsea are bad, the United midfield is bad, and it's going to be a really interesting race, I think, this campaign to see who finishes 5-6, because I think Leicester and Wolverhampton have the quality to be able to overtake Manchester City and Chelsea, and I think Chelsea might end up outside of the top six, because they look... Truly awful.
2: They might just be there. Uh, Tim, let me ask you about Wolves and specifically this season. Do you think they're going to be a marked improvement on last season?
3: Uh, Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know. But I think they, they have top six opportunity this season. They are a really quality team. I mean, they have a lot of really solid veterans. They have some talented young guys. You know, I think the fact that a lot of these guys have played together for Portugal and stuff is really a factor you can't underrate. That these guys have big experience, they have it together, they they know what they're doing. And overall, I think they're a really solid team. Mm. So, you know, the fact that, that United, I, I kind of disagree with Boyce a little bit in that, you know, I think, again, this is another good sign from United. They basically won this game uh, against a solid team in, in Wolverhampton. And the fact that they're kind of starting to shed all this older veteran, overpaid dead weight and starting to focus more on their young core with Martial and Rashford and even McTominay, uh, and, you know, James and guys like that, uh, you know, are, are is really, a, is, I think, something that at least worries me as a, as a City supporter, that, that United is starting to get it together and kind of return to their roots. But, yeah, as far as Wolverhampton Wanderers go, I believe that um, they could have a real big year, and, and if they were in the top six when the dust was settled, it's like you said, I uh, am of the, the notion that Chelsea's probably not finishing up there either. <laughs> so uh, there 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 could be some room in that number six spot, but I think there's some other contenders too, which I'm sure we'll talk about. I mean, the we'll say, game as well. I was just going to say,
0: I think Wolverhampton's biggest problem this year is actually the Europa League.
3: That's uh, fair. Point. Yeah.
0: I, I think it's going to be really difficult with the squad that they have. It's an incredible squad, but it lacks depth. And Very true. If they if they advance past the group stages, it's going to be problematic.
2: Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. It's
1: well, uh, funny that's... because they built that depth in to come up to the premiership. So I think if you only give them, I mean, if they survive another season and they build that depth again for European football, I mean, Wolves might be here to stay hmm
2: well, I would agree with that. I mean, they've, they've built a solid foundation. They're moving forward quite nicely.
0: Uh, we are... They've got that Inspector Gadget logo. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it is hilarious. That that is, Good. It's like that... Minecraft. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Chelsea are still without a win this season under Frank Lampard as the Foxes come back to snatch a point from Stamford Bridge. Final score here is one-to-one. So, Jared, your quiz question on this one. When was the last time a new Chelsea manager failed to win their first three games in charge? Was it 2015, 2014, or 2012?
1: I love that they're all so recent. <laughs> um, <laughs>
2: uh,
1: It wasn't 14.
2: Oh, unlucky. No, <laughs> it was 2012. Rafael Benitez, poor guy. Benito. He yeah. <laughs> knew it all along. Um, so, Jared, why isn't this Chelsea team performing as expected? <laughs>
1: Who cares? I love it. Oh my god!
3: <laughs> I think we can oh, all agree on
1: that god. one. Everything going wrong. it's, it's on. beautiful. I mean, yep. It's so great. Oh my god! Like so,
0: unity, unity on the podcast. <laughs> guys,
1: yeah, yeah. We're all oh, we're all pulling in the same direction on this one. No, it's um. You know we have various predictions on how long Frankie football is going to last. I still say he's out by Christmas. I mean, this is still world football, right? Um, and <laughs> Chelsea still fancy themselves as a world football club, which you know they've got the trophies to prove it. Can't argue with that. But uh, you know, it is just remarkable to me the how incongruent Chelsea's coverage is now in America with Christian Pulisic. Which, as a you know, as an American football fan, you're like you're jazzed, right? I mean, having a you know have an american in the prem and all that is great um you'd rather have him on a functional team um it was a lot of fun he was on bruce adorman but uh so you have the camera on him for like every stick of gum you chews, uh while just the fire is raging behind him <laughs> and just beams collapsing but meanwhile the golden boy is still doing fine i mean i i I don't think it's going to do any harm to Christian Pulisic to, the, you know, to you know have a run out in a very physical league that the Prem is. But I mean, it is. I I'm a little surprised that you remove Eden Hazard as a world talent. Obviously, there's no doubt about it. But I mean, does that really render Pedro and N'Golo Kante just completely inept? I I don't know. I mean, it took an actual gift from Casper Schmeichel for Mount to put one away. Every other Chelsea attempt, if you saw this, might as well have been a pass back, including, uh, you know, a friend of the pod, Olivier Giroud, who was just, you know, doing doing the foxes a solid and just heading those balls back. Um, Some things that could have gone the other way, I don't know if you saw, like, the first 30 seconds of this match, uh, Pedro fires one into the side netting that Mm -hmm, he actually... uh, I've seen him score that goal against Spurs often, and breaking my heart. Um, So, I... I'm not quite in my you know midseason where you know these this is this is a game that has a little bit of luck and then maybe you can go one way or another but boy um i it's going to be interesting to see what frank lampard does after this because mm-hmm. <laughs> he's not going to be around for a while but you know i saw a thing where it was you know privilege as frank lampard managing chelsea with no experience right i mean that's that's what this is. And I'm beginning to come around to, you know, Boyce's, uh, uh, argument that they just picked a beloved talisman and said, look, you do this so we can sell jerseys. Let's get through the transfer ban. And then we'll bring someone in who actually has like tactics because right now I guarantee you, Frank Lampard is sitting there like halftime with the bird Bowl going, and got an idea. And that's pretty much the Chelsea playbook.
2: <laughs> Tim, what are your thoughts on uh, Frank Lampard and his uh, his long reign at Chelsea? How long is it?
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, obviously, uh, you don't want to talk bad about Man City and NYC FC legend Frank Lampard. But,
2: uh,
3: <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I do think he is... Uh, he is he, you guys don't remember him like that? That's weird. Uh, yeah, he is, a, he is a guy that I don't think is long for this thing. And like you said, I think for Pulisic, it's uh, it's great that he made it to the, the top level of world football here. But the fact that he is in this uh, situation where he's going to have a new manager in the next two years is not a great thing. And that, uh, you know, I don't think Lampard is going to know how to get the best out of him or anyone on that squad um, let's let's
0: be honest though. As far as Pulisic gets concerned, that this is just like normal for him, right? Like this is like the U.S. or the U.S. men's national team. Like, this <laughs> is exactly man. what he's used to.
3: Like that's <laughs> fair. Maybe that's a good uh, it, Twitter poll for you guys. Which is a bigger, tire fire, the U.S. national team or Chelsea? <laughs> I'll get on it.
1: <laughs> I can't wait for Lampard to manage the U.S. men's national team. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah, <laughs> it's
3: probably. I my my FC legend uh, oh, Frank man. Lampard will probably be there soon. Go to love it. Uh, but the, the only other thing I'll say is that you know don't don't sleep on Leicester. Here is some top six potential too. Again with that. Spot opening up uh, with Chelsea. I think Brandon Rogers is a really good coach. I think there's a lot of talent on that team, and they showed uh, you know a lot of fight, battling back late. And I, you know if they, uh, they they should have won it overall in the run of play they had in the second half. There, I only really tuned in for the second half, but they were phenomenal. I thought.
2: I think I agree. So I think those last ten minutes, especially, it was just Leicester firing one after the other. One mm-hmm. of those should have gone in, but uh, alas, it was not to be. <laughs> Uh, guys, we're gonna hand swiftly move on to our second round of, uh, Rumor Mill, our favorite game, and the rules are the same. I'm going to provide a line or quote from a newspaper or online resource. All the guys have to do is tell me if the words I read were actually printed or something that is purely fictional, like make-believe. Two points for a correct guess, and Jared, sir, you are up first with this one. BBC pundit and all time leading EPL goalscorer Alan Shearer believes the referees should be wearing microphones so fans can understand the specifics of each VAR call. Uh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh.
1: I'll
2: let that sink in just for a quick second and then you can go.
1: <laughs> Such a stupid thing, sure. Why not? Yes, <laughs> it's true.
2: Yeah, according what a to
1: stupid this, idea.
2: <laughs> this, according to the Sun. Alan Shearer wants us to hear uh, the hear the calls. Do you think do you honestly think that's a bad idea, or kind of like because rugby does it uh, with their referees? Do you think that would be I, a good fix?
1: <laughs> I, it's not a fix. I mean, all it is is going to give people more information. You get all pick. You get all pissed off. Like, what is is that going to be piped in like NFL referee style? Because I tell you what, we've all watched that game where a referee speaks for 15 seconds about why this particular player was offsides. And all it does is make me want to rip the television off the wall. So
0: (laughs) I don't want to hear about Mike Dean's dinner reservations.
1: That's what I'm saying, man. Like no one is going to care nor track. If somebody had me mic'd up at my job for decisions that I'm making all day long, oh my god, it would be no, great. No thank you. <laughs> no awesome.
2: thank you, uh, boy. Spud. This next one's for you. Arsenal stars Mesut Özil and Shed Kalasnach are now said to be caught up in a gangland turf war after their carjacking incident two weeks ago.
0: I mean, first and foremost, I'm in a FOIA all of Jared's records now that I've, that I've learned about that, but yes, that's true. I don't know <laughs> that they, they got up involved in a gang war over, I believe, a watch originally and now uh, now things have gone haywire, but as per usual when it comes to a home match against Burnley or really any match, Meza Ozil came down ill regardless. Down. Of-
2: it wasn't back issues, it was ill. Uh, but yes, that is true, <laughs> true boy, so that will get you those
0: two points. His immune system is worrying. <laughs> like, he needs to check those T-cells. <laughs>
2: See some kind of doctor. Uh, Tim Bud. this last one is for you. Manchester City manager Pep Guardiola believes Tottenham are the second best team in Europe. Uh,
3: I, you know, I didn't read that specifically, but uh, he does always respect Tottenham, and he loves to, uh, I think, uh, tweak Liverpool a lot when he can. So I'm going to go with true.
2: Yeah, it is true. Nice work on that bird, and that'll get you those two points. All of them are true this week, guys. That's uh, I think that's a pod first. Uh, but anyway, Pep Guardiola, you believe that's what he thinks of Tottenham, or I think he might have suggested he maybe kind of jostling around at Liverpool there a little bit.
3: Yeah, I think he likes to take shots. I think a lot of its head games. Um, but I will say that even this lineup showed. I was I was a little um, upset when it first came out that there was kind of they played with two more holding midfielders. He always treats tottenham with a little more respect than he treats most clubs and it's come back to bite him, bite him a few times so he, he may believe that deep down
1: we finished second in the champions league that is objectively true they were the second best team of <laughs> year.
0: for the record that's you true. barely made, made it out of the group stage
1: i love that i can't hear you from the europa league sorry bud you have to
0: you, <laughs> you have to tune in next week it's cool. You'll be back with us in a few months.
1: Oh, God. <laughs> I'm gonna keep. This I way. like how I like how in Boice's world Arsenal stays in the Europa League and Tottenham joined them, not <laughs> coming back. Uh, that, I mean, uh, that, this, proves that I've won, dude. You cannot I advance to head. the
0: Champions League from uh, Europa League. <laughs> it's easy.
1: That's not how That's it works. You can. Already, do one. I've got my soundbite. Cut the check, James. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's funny uh, alright guys let's uh, keep this together uh, let's ahead and move on to our last game which is of course a round of player profile. so the same rules will apply I'll provide five different clues to a Premier League player each clue easier than the last the first person to shout their name and correctly guess their player wins those points but you only get one guess as an incorrect shot will freeze you out this week's category is titled defenders which as you can probably guess this translates to players who are considered defenders within the beautiful game guys ready to do this Oh I'm sure. Ready? Oh yeah. Uh player number one. Once played for Celtic. Tim. Voice. Yes, Tim. Virgil van Dyke. Bam, someone's done their homework. Yes, that is absolutely correct. And it'll get you those two points. Uh the other two clues were is twenty-eight years old. Wears the number four shirt. Cost his current club seventy-five million. First name is Virgil. Virgil van Dyke. Nice work on that, Tim. Alright, player number two is an Englishman plays for manchester united voice yes voice
0: feel like this is going to be a trick question and that's fine i'm still going to go with harry Maguire.
2: that was a trap you fell into it nice work there uh no it is not (laughs) yes (laughs) yes jared bill jones you fell into the other trap because it's not Phil Jones. No! <laughs> so, Tim, sit back, relax, bud. These last yeah. clues are for you. Uh, is 24 years of age, used to play for Southampton. First name is Luke. Luke Shaw. Bam, there it is. Yes, that is absolutely correct. And we'll get you those two points. Nice work on that. Uh,
0: this is what we always do when there's a guest on the pod. Jared <laughs> yeah, just
1: <laughs>
2: falling apart like people should be
0: like why are boys and jared the people that are actually on this podcast? (laughs)
1: don't let them know
2: (laughs) oh gosh all right guys player number three there's still time there's still time player number three has been with this club since 2013 was once loaned to watford is 24 years of age a spanish international jared yes jared
1: uh, Aspelacueta.
2: Oh, one lucky bud. No, it is not Aspelacueta, and that does freeze There's you out. No way. He's for. a good point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Boyce and Tim. This last clue is for you. Currently plays for Arsenal. Boyce. Yes, Boyce. I actually have no idea what this is. <laughs> That's the first. Uh,
0: <laughs> he played for a Watford, and he's now a
2: oh man i have no idea uh, uh well, that, that will officially freeze you out on time wait, delays. hold on uh sorry, <laughs> geez. i don't know no Look, that's it it's uh it's time's gone tim what do you think any guesses
3: oh god uh i don't have any guesses
2: oh man well this is the jared
3: pe- again jared again
1: <laughs> hector Bellerin.
2: uh it is hector Bellerin. yeah unfortunately i can't oh, yeah. you can points. i get a
1: half point <laughs> <laughs> A rerun point. Uh, Boy said Socrates was Spanish. Come on,
0: <laughs> I lost track of where I even was by that point. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Love
1: it. Uh,
2: yes, it was Hector Bellerin though. Uh, player number four is an Englishman. Where's the number five shirt? He is twenty-six. Tim. Yes, Tim.
3: John Stones.
2: Unlucky, but no, it is not John uh. Stones, and that does freeze you out. Uh, so, guys, Jared Boyce, these clues are for you. Is 26 years of age? Is now the world's most expensive? Boyce. Yes, Boyce.
0: This time it's Harry Maguire. Yes,
2: it is Harry Maguire. He got it that time round. Yes, that is absolutely correct, and I'll get you those two points. Uh, So, yeah, he is the world's most expensive defender. First name is Harry. Not quite the wizard that we thought he would be. Uh, The last player of this game is a Brazilian international. He is 32 years of age. Tim. Yes, Tim.
3: David Luiz. Ooh, bam,
2: sir. That was impressive. Yes, that is absolutely correct.
0: I was going to guess that, and then I got poached. You
2: got poached.
0: There (laughs) it is. Too
1: slow. I was going to
3: say Socrates. Yeah. (laughs)
1: <laughs>
3: oh, that was God. my second guess.
2: Love it. The other clues to this one once played for Paris Saint-Germain, now plays for a London club. First name is David, David Louise. Uh so nice work on that, Tim. Alright guys, that is the quiz for today and the final scores. Jared, sir, you came away with two points. Boyce came away with four, but sir Tim, congratulations once again. You have stormed this quiz with an impressive ten points, sir. How do you feel?
3: <laughs> Oh, I feel great. I feel uh, like no one's going to take this one away from me, like uh, <laughs> the last couple matches against Tottenham.
2: You're starting to feel like a Manchester City, literally, you know, there's all these wins <laughs> that you're locking up. This is uh, it's pretty crazy stuff. But uh, no, yeah. thanks, Tim, and congratulations once again. Uh, and as we always have, you do go and tell us a little bit more about your uh, your podcast.
3: Yeah, The Citizen Abroad, a Manchester City-focused podcast uh, from right here in uh, just outside New York City in the United States. And uh, we talk about all things Man City. We dive deep after uh, every match. Talk about uh, what went well for the most part, what went wrong occasionally, and uh, and what ref uh, messed us with us uh, this week. So, <laughs> but no, you can reach uh, you can see that uh, the Citizen Abroad podcast on any platform. You get podcasts for the most part, and then uh, follow me on Twitter at Citizen Podcast, C I T Y Z E N Podcast. And the email is citizenabroad at gmail.com. Very cool, man. Very cool. Thanks again.
2: Uh, Now, before I sign off, uh, I want to say a quick thank you to Drew Pels and Alex Sanchez, uh, who recently became our first Patreon members. And since they're now members, they did have the opportunity to ask some questions. So strap in, boys and Jared. These are pretty wild. Uh, Alex asks, (laughs) Alex asks, is VAR the problem, or have the rules not been properly adjusted to accommodate for what is a clear and obvious error? Uh, so, Jared, why don't you kick us off <laughs>
1: with that one? <laughs> I, boy, uh, to me, this is a chicken or egg uh, question here. Um, I don't think there was enough of an effort to circumvent incorrect decisions before we instituted VAR. I feel like the entire time we dealt with the same rule book. And then they gave uh, 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 sister referees and uh, uh, centers headphones where they could talk to one another. And then that was it. Uh, so for me, I still stand by throwing uh, you know, two more officials uh, at the end line uh, uh, to only call situations in the box. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, if you're going to have a review system, you need a standard Uh, And I think the clear and obvious standard uh, is uh, uh, as best that we can kind of work with. Um, And like anything, it's going to be growing pains because, you know, we're going to come back to leagues that have already instituted these things, NFL, MLB, basketball. Um, We're going to learn what that is. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, I I always reference that, you know, that does Brian catch. I still, to this day, how was that not a catch? I don't understand. (laughs) Uh, But applying that, you know, as, as we get more rules like this new handball law, uh, that are articulated in the realm VAR, I do think that we're going to get a little, uh, 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 you know, kind of separation here. It's just going to make the game, as Tim said, a lot slower um, and a lot less fun.
2: Mm-hmm. Boys? I
1: refer
0: to my earlier answer. I think that the reality is that when you have a very limited part of the world that's using VAR and the same rule book that's equally applicable throughout the entire inter- international sphere, that it's difficult because. You're using laser focus and HD repeats and reviews in order to be able to determine whether or not there was a partial glance of a ball off a hand. And I think in the end, to everybody else's point, you're going to need a rule book that applies to places that are using VAR and a rule book that applies to people that are relying entirely upon eyeline calls from officials. Because, again, what happened this weekend... It's absolutely ridiculous in terms of the result because it didn't change anything. And it really didn't even give that great of an advantage. And again, the fact that it's not equally applicable to defensive and offensive players is ridiculous. But until you improve the rule book with VAR in mind, we're going to have a really long season filled with calls that are technically correct, but are subjectively
2: frustrating. Mm-hmm. And then Drew Pels's question. Jared, under what circumstances would you say I hate Spurs and the same for boys for Arsenal? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <It's so laughs> I literally wow. say it every week. <laughs> I was about to say, I feel like I'm pretty uh, pretty even. Um, honestly, it would have to do with transfer practices. Um, <laughs> Love it. Uh, it. That, to me, is tra- <laughs> transfer practices... Uh, It would have to do with Daniel Levy. I mean, that is the most honest, uh, really, piece of heartburn that it comes down, you know, in whispers. And that is knowing that, uh, uh, you know, he's done some phenomenal business and uh, and, uh, uh, really brought some great players. And uh, we have built this stadium and this brand and this, you know, second-best team in Europe. Uh, But... Thanks, Pep. (laughs) uh, 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 If... There are some very articulable things that if they go uh, uh, the way we think they're going to go, there's a problem. If Christian Erickson leaves on no fee, that is criminal. If mm. Toby Aldavero leaves on no fee, that is criminal. So things like that, that is the most frustrating thing for me uh, 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 that uh, you you don't want them to be, you know, s- realize it's a business, make it happen.
0: Mm-hmm. boys. You know, I think primarily, if anything ever happened to Arsenal, like what happened in Portland this weekend, where the EPL or MLS as a league are allowing hate spewing groups into the stadium and the club itself aren't actually doing anything about it, uh, that was immensely frustrating. That would be something that would be high level for me and being really pissed off at Arsenal. But, uh, you know, beyond that, I think I lived through it, right? Like, okay, <laughs> so,
2: that's what we all do. <laughs> yeah,
0: I <laughs> know. I mean, I, I think in the dark times for Arsenal, you know, they're still coming out of them, as far as it's concerned, at least as of right now. But it, it appears a little bit more positive. So there's there's not really any ill will there yeah. now, and yeah. the you know, the dying embers of the Wenger years and the transition out of the darkness of the even Gazidis time. In reality, it, it's hard though because you think about what. The club is given, I would argue, for both Jared and I in terms of the community it's given and the support and the friends and all the other like really incredible stuff that comes from overseeing a supporters group in a city, especially one in the Midwest, I think, where you have an opportunity to really become close to everybody that's involved. It's kind of hard to hate that, no matter what the transfer practices are or what the results are. I mean, but...
2: Yeah.
0: It's, it, and I'm not sure it's ever really going to get Worse in short order than it was getting beat like eight two by United and overrun by Liverpool. We'll see how this weekend goes. (laughs) I was going to
2: say, Tim, what about you? Uh, What circumstances would you say I hate City?
3: (laughs) Yeah, there's not many because they've made so many right steps uh, lately. And uh, I mean, I think that the two kind of things, you know, some kind of related to what you guys said, is on the business side. You know, City uh, does a lot of things to make a lot of money, and if they start kind of uh their their ticket prices have gone up they've been criticized by vincent company among others uh for doing that a little bit so uh, if they start making it harder to get the games over here and stuff i might say that and just at any point if they go back to being kind of um to be you know sellers and and having to 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 sell their top players to teams like Bayern munich and uh, real madrid and and barcelona might make me start to uh to get some frustration with them Mm -hmm. but for the most part uh you know i don't see any of that uh on the horizon hopefully so uh I feel pretty good about my club feeling pretty good
2: I like it uh well don 't forget listeners. you too can join our patreon to help support our weekly show. simply go to patreon p a t r e o n dot com slash kick corner flag for more information on that well guys that does wrap up our second episode of season three thanks as always to my guests jerry Mente, boyce richardson and to my city friend mr tim Crean. Uh, don't forget to check out our social media avenues at kick corner flag on twitter at kick corner flag on instagram and our facebook page and website kickflag.com thanks so much for listening and see you next week